Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Ask Amy podcast. And this is all over the news. So we wanted to talk about student loan forgiveness. We're getting a whole lot of questions from people who hear, oh, I can get my student loans paid off. And a lot of this information and the details are still being worked out. So I've invited Andrea Rabio. She's with the College Money Guys to come in and kind of make sense of some of this now, at least what we know to this point. So far, yes. Yeah. So thanks for coming in. Oh, well, thank you. We want to talk a little bit more about what the College Money Guys like what they do and we're getting there what they don't do are get people signed up for student loans that's what you try to avoid avoid yes but student loans and student loan forgiveness is our topic today and you would be surprised perhaps if you're listening to this you're not surprised that some people don't even know if the student loan that they've been paying on is a federally backed or is a federal student loan i mean they know that they owe this amount they know that they pay the they make the payments but Mm -hmm. they don't really no, they know they filled out the FAFSA, and so then they just assumed that it's a federal student loan. But not everybody is eligible for the student loan forgiveness, only people who have federal student loans. Correct. What can you tell us about, and how do I find out if mine is eligible? Of course. So the best thing is to go to studentaid.gov. It's a federal uh, website, and there you'll see all the providers and servers that have um, that you know work with the government to provide loans at that point. But any private loans, so any bank loans, will not be forgiven. Um, any loans from your uncle or <laughs> anything like that will not be forgiven, or state loans will not be forgiven. Okay, and so. You might remember that studentaid.gov website if you had a federal student loan or in the beginning, maybe when you were still in school or you first took it out, maybe you went there. So when you go now, you may need to um, sign up, maybe change your password to reset your account. But when you go in, you should be able to go into that um, studentaid.gov once you get in with your username and your password, password, click on view details and then look for a loan breakdown. And there's an aid summary page that has a list of your federal student loans. Yes, it's about a dozen of them. Uh-huh. And there's a list. It also gives you like if you've qualified for a Pell Grant in the past, it also give you a structure of what your loans looked like. OK, mm-hmm. so Andrea, tell us why that's important, whether you had just federal student loans or a Pell Grant and federal student loans, it makes a big difference right now with this loan forgiveness. Yeah, it's a $10,000 difference. So if you just simply pulled out loans, they're forgiving 10000 of that amount. But if you also had Pell Grants and you use them to pay for college, then they will cover 20000 of your whole um, of your whole loan, which is great. And so you need to know, and that's important to know. Obviously, nobody wants to miss out on ten grand. Yeah, that's available to them. Exactly. And so I didn't really know the difference in all of those, but I was reading that Pell Grants were created as a way to promote access to education, so they were reserved for undergraduates with more significant financial need. But Correct. usually, so grant, you know, just in the word grant, you don't have to pay that back. Mm-hmm. But the grant didn't cover the whole cost of your no. your education, and so you'd take out that grant and. 
loan. And loan. Mm-hmm. And so that's why you get the $20,000 to pay back the loans if you had a Pell Grant, because if you had a Pell Grant, it assumes that you were in greater financial need. Exactly. Okay. It just it was an attempt, or it is, continues to be an attempt to help people under like 60000 mm-hmm. a year that they're making to hopefully help them, but it nowhere near covers any sort of expenses that um, most people have to also take a loan out at the same time with the Pell Grant. Right. Yeah. Okay. So now we've gone over, you can get $10,000 um, reduced of your federal student loans, $20,000 if you had a Pell Grant. There are some um, income restrictions, but you said, do you think they're pretty generous? I think it's incredibly generous. Uh, for an individual, it's you have to be making one twenty-five, dollars mm-hmm. um, And if you're a married couple, it's two fifty. dollars that's that's a pretty generous amount. For yeah. most Americans fall well be like underneath those brackets. Yeah. So I think it's quite it's quite well done. And, and so then people want to know, well, then okay, yeah, how and when do I get this? Like do I have to sign up? Do they already are they just mm-hmm. gonna automatically reduce that amount off of my loans? So how do we go how will we go about Yeah, so this? most if you filled out a FAFSA, every October 1st, the FAFSA website launches, and that's when we complete all of the financial aid forms. It's going to work the same way. October 1st, they're going to launch a, they're calling it just application, essentially matching your social security number, name, and a tax bracket to ensure you qualify. Mm-hmm. And it will, they're estimating between four to six weeks to completely eliminate the loan from your balance. That's yeah. pretty fast That's, for the federal government. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I was right? Thinking. I was like, wow, they, they need to do this all the time. That's I mean, it hasn't like. happened yet, but but it's, you know, a and great idea. It's a great idea. I will say that we must forgive and give them some leeway uh-huh. as it's, you know, these companies are run by people and there'll be mistakes made. But they're hoping for five to six weeks because obviously repayments will start. Uh, January of 23. Yeah, because mm-hmm. a lot of the, the servicing companies, those are private companies, yes. and they may be private companies servicing your federally federally government-backed loan. Correct. Um, okay, so let's talk about that. I did read that in some instances, the federal government, federal student aid office, already knows how much you made, and if that were the case, they may not even wait for you to fill out that application, or they may not need you to. Correct. I would just go ahead and do it anyway. When it rolls out, it's supposed to be available sometime, like around October first. Yeah, October. I would fill it out. Don't trust. Don't put your faith on something like that. I would just complete it, um, and hopefully, I'm sure they'll they'll forgive the ten thousand or twenty if you had qualified for Pell grants Pell grants as well. Yeah. So what we talked about is I said, oh, you know where this hurts are the people that during so people haven't had to pay on their student loans since what like March of twenty 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 yeah twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. I mean that's a long time to not have to pay. Yeah. And so when we've done consumer stories um, and sort of paying down debt stories, we've said take advantage of this time with no interest. Sure, yeah. you don't have to make your payments, but if it's you do. Help you. You're yeah. paying interest free. <laughs> yeah. And so some people probably did that mm-hmm. and they paid, they made their payments and then it's like, wow. So all those people just lost that money. No. So they thought about it. And I thought this was again, a great thing for them to do. Um, if you have made the payments over the last two years, when you were technically not supposed to, or not required to, you're able to get that money back 
and refunded oh. back to you. Okay. Which I thought was, you know, I think that's great and fair. Uh-huh. Yeah. Do you know how that works? Like, how are they determining that? Also fill out the application? You fill out the application because most likely, you, hopefully you still qualify for the 10000 forgiveness. Mm-hmm. But you, act, you call the provider, your server, your loan provider, and they'll send you a check to refund you. Got it. And then mm-hmm. you were saying a lot of these things, guys, I mean, Andre is in a perfect position to know about a lot of this, but I mean, the federal government's still working out the details on some of these, yeah. which is why those applications are now, mm-hmm. which is why they're still coming up with the details. But can you kind of explain what you're saying that you think, so if, so say you paid $5,000 off over the last two years, mm-hmm. but you owed 10 or you owed 15. Right. What might that look like, we think? What we think and what they're saying is that the provider will send you a check to refund you. So you will get your money back from what you paid from what you've paid on top. You complete the application in October and they'll forgive the since we're doing five, um, they'll forgive the an additional 10 or 5000 mm-hmm. or an additional 15, depending if you qualified for the Pell Grant or not. Yeah, got it. OK, mm-hmm. so those people wouldn't be penalized for going ahead and knocking down that debt and paying it off when they didn't have to? No, they, they're actually pretty, I think they're great. They're being rewarded yeah, like right. everybody else, which is great. So I got a, a Facebook message this morning and I was confused by that because I hadn't heard yeah. of this part of it that mm-hmm. you're explaining to me that you know you won't be penalized. And so this was a, um, a viewer, Lupita, and she said, I just called my servicer and they explained like, sure, that they could give me that refund, but once they do, they're gonna make my student loan active again and then I'm gonna have to pay that back after they refund it. And you're like, that doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound right. Um, I don't want to, I don't know the situation, but usually when a loan, most of us have paid some level of loans Uh in the past, that loan's paid out completely. It won't be refunded to you once you've paid it off completely. Yeah. That is the only um, downside to it. I suppose if people who have completely paid off their loans, they don't get a refund of 10000 or $20,000. That's just, you know. You're just debt-free and congratulations. Yes. Yeah. So there is, We th- I thought about, okay, so for people in Lupita's situation who they're getting these answers that don't sound right from their loan mm-hmm. servicer, there is this ombudsman with federal student aid. So that is one sort of resource that they could use. And I'll, I'll put that link, but it's basically at um, studentaid.gov or, or Google student aid ombudsman disputes and you can go there and you can tell them online or there's a 1-800 number and explain to them what your servicer has told you Um, and again because that ombudsman may be waiting for guidelines on this whole loan forgiveness but they would be a good resource to sort of help you walk it through before you just take the word that your servicer gave you I would also say that reach out. Most of us have access to the Department of Education. Just Mm -hmm. go on their website. They have a specific number for FAFSA providers Uh and like FAFSA questions. That is a much better uh, alternative to go, in my opinion, because you do get someone from the Department of Education answering your questions specifically who are trained solely on the FAFSA, on the loans. If you forgot your password, for example, it's been years since you've logged on or something like that, Uh you can call them and ask them to activate your account, resend you a link. You know, they're great. There's a great uh, resource. Have you found that they answer the phone? 
<laughs> have you called recently? I mean, like the IRS. I never told people, oh, just call the IRS. People would like so, throw yes, pies at me. They, <laughs> they've picked up the phone. The only time they don't is during an administration turnover. Okay. So from one uh, administration's changing. Like a lame duck period. They're like, there's what's like the a point? Month, <laughs> there's like a month lapse uh-huh. where, where it just Nobody picks up. Like, I experienced it during um, the last election. Uh-huh. So uh, that month, we called and no one picked up. Oh. Um, and we experienced, experienced it with the last election as well. Okay. So there's, like, that lapse period between a new uh, administration coming uh-huh. in and the next one. And they change the rules, laws, and everything. So they... They're not the most reliable during those times. Okay, well, we're not there right now, so hopefully that is a good resource. Yeah. You could call the Department of Education to try to get some of those answers. I also wanted to talk about, so there are, um, you know, the the loans and then the Pell Grant, um, the forgiveness for both of those, the amounts that you'll get, but then mm-hmm. also public service loan forgiveness. Um, I, I was reading a little bit about this that's included in the loan forgiveness program, yeah. um, and, and you said traditionally, and I have heard consumers complain, oh, they say if you have have like a federal or a um, government job or you're in the military that you can get some of this profits yeah Yeah. some of this loan forgiveness but people are like but I've tried and it's not easy and that's our experience as well it's incredibly difficult to qualify for them they make you jump hoops and loops Uh and and do hula hoops through to try to get it and you still might not get it or be eligible for it so if that is you if you've tried and you do work in any of those sectors it's um by certain nonprofits, if if you have a student loan and you work for a nonprofit, a military, federal, state, tribal, or local government, you could be eligible for this public service loan forgiveness. And if you've tried before and have been discouraged, they say that there are some temporary changes that make it easier to qualify um, with this student loan forgiveness. Mm-hmm. But those changes expire October thirty first, twenty twenty two, and you have to apply for those. So for more information on those, you would go to P. SLF, like public service loan forgiveness.gov. Um, and there's a place where you can apply. Now, if you wait until November 1st or later, these lacks, these, these sort of um, requirements that have been eased will no longer exist. So you have to take advantage of it soon. I would go in quickly and do that. And the reason that they were telling people when this application comes out for everybody else on October 1st to fill it out as quickly as possible is because they say the whole idea is that if you fill out the application and they can get your loan reduced or completely wiped out um, within four to six weeks, then you'll never have to worry when the deferments end, when payments are due again come January 2023. I mean, wouldn't it be nice to just not have to worry about that and say like, oh, but wait, I qualified. And they're like, oh, you've got one more payment or this interest accrued. Right. So from what I've read from the White House, they're really pushing people if they're eligible for this, if you're within that tax bracket Mm -hmm. to go in this year as quickly as possible and do the application, get the money forgiven that you're eligible for. Because as soon as repayment starts, I don't want to, their wording was that's too late at that point. Once we start coming back and asking people to repay, we are not sure if we can give you that money back. Oh, wow. Yeah. So don't put your head in the sand. No. Go yeah. On, yeah. And Call all from... your neighbors, your friends, your kids and say like, hey, <laughs> you got to do this. Yeah. October 1st. Uh, I read that directly from the White House's uh-huh. uh, website. So I would I would just encourage everybody go um, spread the news and apply. Right. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. We mentioned that the college money guys um, and Andre Rabio don't really recommend student loans, but they're in the business of helping students and uh, students going to college 
get money. They help you find money for college. So when we come back, they're going to tell us how they managed to do that um, without student loans and also a little bit about sort of this um, crisis. I don't know if we'd go that far as to call it a crisis, trying to pay for college. It's a crisis for families. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you think I I want an education and why do I have to take out basically essentially a mortgage to get it? We'll be right back and we're going to talk about those things. Welcome back to the Ask Amy podcast. We are here with Andrea Rabio. She is with the College Money Guys. And while we spent most of the first part of this podcast talking about um, student loan forgiveness, now we're talking about college, how much it costs to go yeah. to college. And then, and then we want to get into a little bit of what the College Money Guys, what you guys do for people. Um, college is expensive. Wildly expensive. It's skyrocketed since probably the 80s. Uh-huh. I would say I've, I've met people, and maybe some of you uh, experienced this, where you, you worked two jobs and could pay for college. Yes, that was me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, Starbucks wrote for the college paper and came out of college with no debt. Yeah, and that was that's, that's how it's supposed to work. Um, but nowadays, we have kids who could work three jobs and still not afford college. That's how expensive it is nowadays. I mean, and so what we were talking about is, you know, the whole loan forgiveness came out of the pandemic and families are hurting. And then there's this, you know, inflation and the cost of everything is going up. So let's kind of help families who are hurting and suffering. But this inflation and the rising cost of college has been around for much longer than that. I mean, that sort of seems to be the need for this. That's the problem. I see this as trying to mitigate hurt people are hurting you know with inflation with the pandemic you know we've gone through a lot in the last two years and so this is a way to help you know fix problems but realistically the the cost of college is the problem um seventy thousand dollars a year to go to a university i'm not quite sure how to sell that Mm -hmm. (laughs) to someone and make it reasonable make it like that's a great idea let's spend this much money on uh, education every year, mm-hmm. not even seventy thousand four for four years. Okay, that's an every year tuition yeah. for some universities. Right. I mean, and and you said that you guys are kind of seeing, and and you were looking at some numbers that show over the last couple of years, you've seen males kind mm-hmm. of not Pull kind out. of drop pu- yeah. pulling out of college and saying it's not for me. It's not the rewards not there, right? Mm-hmm. So most of what we've seen through the college money guys is our males are pulling out of college. It's not logical for them. That's usually the response I get from them. Um, they obviously want an education, want a better future for themselves, but are calculating the cost of college with what they potentially will make out once they're working in the workforce. And they just don't see that reward ratio that they're hoping for. So we're seeing trade schools, we're seeing a lot of um, just going straight into the workforce and doing it maybe the really old fashioned way Uh of working through the ranks instead of um, education per se. Right, and I guess, you know, because there probably are a lot of students who get out of college with that four year degree and you, you, I mean, no matter what you major in, but you sort of have to say, make it make sense. I mean. Okay, so you picked something you yeah. you were interested in in school, mm-hmm. and then you had to take out these massive student loans yeah. to get there, n- not considering or thinking, when I get out, are there any jobs that pay even a quarter of what 
IO. What? So I went to the University of Albany, Albany in New York, mm-hmm. and I had a great mate, and she was, New York State requires teachers to have a master's to be able to teach mm-hmm. uh, in public school and privates. And so she was going through that process. And, you know, it, Albany's expensive. I think at the time it was about 35 a year. Um, but she would be coming out, she'd be forced to get a master's degree upon the requirement of state of, uh, of New York. Uh-huh. And she would be making 45 a year. Wow. But she paid, she just got a master's that usually took, takes about five to six years. And each year she paid 35 for mm-hmm. her. It just, it, the ratio just doesn't make sense. Just make it make sense. That's all. I make all it make sense. Is what I say to people all the time when I'm trying to figure out stories, make it make sense. Like how, you know. And so the the founder, the owner of the College yeah. Money Guys, Brandon Lloyd, you said is really big on this, on accountability of the colleges. Mm-hmm. Like he really, we exist because there's a problem. We wouldn't be here. He wouldn't have launched this company if it if college was how it used to be that you could work two jobs and still afford it um so the reason he came with the college or made up the college money guys is because the need of of families who can't afford it and tried to say look colleges to the universities themselves mm-hmm. most of us don't know they're nonprofits actually uh-huh. all of them are run through nonprofits like, like state schools and private schools are all nonprofits so they don't even pay taxes normally Wow. But they're still charging what we know them to charge. Uh-huh. Um, and so he's saying this is a great solution for a problem that we're having to to uh, help people as much as possible. But the problem is, is these colleges through the pandemic still up, went up in price. Mm-hmm. So we're having an inflation that says, I don't know what it is today, but let's just say 9%. Yeah they're usually three times past that when it comes to uh, raising their prices. In 2020 to 2021, um, they raised their prices. We're expected to continue that trend, and they're not stopping. And so people are saying, like, we, what are you doing? <laughs> like, yeah, You know, right. what are you doing? Yeah. If I do want to go to school and I want to be a teacher, at what point do people, I mean, we, we need teachers. Yeah. And at what point are just like, well, I can't. I can't, I can't be a teacher it. because once I become a teacher, I'm never going to be able to pay for the school I was required to get. Yeah, and there's millions of people, I'm sure some of them who are listening, who've gone to school but couldn't graduate. So they still have loans that mm-hmm. they took out to pay for college but don't have a degree to show for it because they couldn't make it the full four years because of affordability problems. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so what is, I, I know that I saw um, the University of Texas, for example, um, we reported last year that they came up with a um, free tuition or a very, very low tuition for for low-income families, but that was very low income. It's not the yeah. norm. It's not the middle-income American. No, you know. and so we work with middle America, Okay, we like to say. Um, it's families who can't afford, you know, let's just say rat like $40,000 a year for tuition. That's still a huge bill every year mm-hmm. for a family. If that's just one kid. If you have multiple children, then that's, you know, a different story. Um, but we work with families who can't just pay $40,000 a year for their tuition, but don't receive any help. They don't qualify for the Pell Grants. They don't qualify for federal or state help. So uh-huh. that's the middle America we work with. And how do you work with them? So you're telling them, okay, so they don't qualify for those federal loans or the Pell Grant, and um, 
you're telling them don't take out like the other private loans. What do they do? How are they supposed to send their kids to college? So it's in our name, the college money guys. Uh Our focus is the universities themselves. So what we do in our program is on paper to ensure that you look the most financially uh, opt for like a a scholarship. Mm -hmm. Our goal is scholarships and uh, any sort of grant, anything that you don't have to pay back is our goal. So our focus is we work with your student to find the greatest fit because these colleges have millions upon millions of dollars in endowments and they do use them. Mm-hmm. Um, and our goal is to ensure your child is right in line with that endowment and scholarships. To be able to get that. Yeah. I remember because we did a story with the college money guys right before the pandemic. And I remember Brandon saying, don't let your child get attached to and say, oh, I have to attend this school. I mean, so many people that I went to school with said, I am either going to the University of Texas mm-hmm. or Texas A&M. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, mean, and yeah. it's like, great. That's what everybody says when you graduate from a Texas Correct. high school. Mm-hmm. Um, but why? Why do you have to sort of be willing to go to a university that might be a great school, but it was never on my radar. Um, So, for example, UT, huge school. It's a great school. There's no question about it. I, sorry to anybody, I'm not the biggest fan of the university solely because they have such a large endowment that they can provide a full ride to every single undergraduate in their school and still have millions of dollars left in their endowment. But they don't. For a valid Victorian, that means you graduated like first in your class, you get $10,000 for one year. Wow. And that's it. They doesn't cover a whole lot. No. Especially in Austin, right? Just living is more expensive. Um, But so UT is in Austin. But another great university is Concordia University. It's Mm -hmm. also in Austin. And they have to compete with the Mammoth that is UT. And so they try to give scholarships as an incentive Uh for people to forget the Longhorns (laughs) and come to them. (laughs) And you'll still be close by. Right. You can still give the games. They'll still allow you in if you want to. Uh, So that's why you don't want to get your child attached to a school is because you need the availability to shop around, to look, and and when we buy cars, we're not kind of set on one, we're looking across, and and what is the best deal that we got. And so you guys are helping them when they come in, figure out, okay, what school might be a good fit, and what school maybe that you haven't considered that might really want your child there and be willing to pay for them to go there. Yeah, there's some great schools like Concordia, um, that on paper, when you see them, because it's a private school, mm-hmm. um, they'll charge $50,000 a year, right? So that's a lot. But they're trying desperately to get kids to come there, and they provide scholarships. So that cost can, I've seen it drop down to $15,000 a year out of pocket. Oh, wow. Which is cheaper than UT. Mm-hmm. cheaper than a lot of other schools yeah, yeah state schools where originally you the parent would have thought oh that's a private university we're not it's even looking at league. that we're not even doing it we hear that a lot but we find that private schools for a plethora of reasons it's cheaper you you're in and out in four years the goal is to get a job hopefully afterwards uh-huh. right uh-huh. so we want you in and out in four uh these Average right now is six years to graduate from a state school in Texas. Wow, really? Six years, yeah. And that's not with a master's or two, you know, no, that's just an undergraduate's degree. Do you know why? I mean, is it is it students that are just slacking? <laughs> They're taking a longer time. I mean, that's what I used to think, why it would take six years if you weren't earning yeah. a higher degree. With that being said, though, with private schools, they still are at four-year um 
average. Uh-huh. They still get the kids in and out in four years. Okay. And I don't want to say one school cares more than the other, but one school, private schools, have a higher in, in need for them to look good on paper. So uh. they do focus on the graduation rate. They okay. do focus on individually catering to your child uh-huh. to ensure that they succeed in, through college. Where a state school it's just a number on the paper. I went to a state school. I feel like I can say that uh-huh. I was just a number on a paper. And I met with a counselor once uh-huh. every year to pick courses. And that was it. Yeah. Where a private school has a bit more tailored aspect yeah. to it. Yeah. Okay, so people can find you guys. If they are interested, um, you might be interested, parents, if you're listening to this and you've got young students, that they actually would like to start seeing your family and your student to sort of get you ready and lined up for how to get these scholarships. At what age? What, what age would you say the family would come in? A freshman in high school would be a great start because okay. not only from a financial standpoint that we can start planning with the family, but from a student standpoint, we can erase the longhorns and the Texas <laughs> You're hypnotizing them, right? Like, let's look look at the other schools that are here in Texas. You don't Uh have to go out, but here in Texas. Uh, So freshmen, sophomores is the best time to come and see us. Okay. All right. And um, so thecollegemoneyguys.com. Yes, thecollegemoneyguys.com. You can call us at 713-422-2720. And we're here to help you out. All right. And whether you use Andrea and the College Money Guys to sort of help prepare your child for college, to try to find money for college, whether you do or not, I appreciate you coming in to explain all the information on the Student Loan Forgiveness Program. Watch for that application coming out October 1st because that is what you're going to want. And then leading up to that, you can go to studentaid.gov and sign in to find out if you have a federal student loan that is going to be eligible for this forgiveness, for this money coming back. Yeah. I mean, this is such a great thing for people. I know not everybody's happy, but it's, it's a start. I believe it's a start in the right direction. All right. Thanks so much for coming in today. You guys have a great day.